the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61 from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. This is Pastor Joe Sutton uh, coming at you again. Apologize about last week. Uh, If you listen to the program regularly, you know it was was a rerun. Uh, I was in sunny Florida at my um, daughter's graduation from college. So she's uh, graduated from Florida A&M University, uh, making her the, let's see, one, two, three, four, fifth person in our family to graduate from that institution. Me and my wife both attended there. My older daughter uh, graduated from there, and and now this daughter and my grandfather uh, came from Florida A&M University. So, so that legacy and tradition kind of lives on down there in Tallahassee, Florida. And uh, I love Tallahassee. I love Tallahassee, Florida. Uh, just another shout out, uh, just a reminder, uh, in what we do, um, we run a le- youth leadership development program uh, out, of, out of my church. Um, Isaiah 61 uh, has many, many facets to it in the radio ministry that we started to just be an encouragement to other small churches. Um, we are a small church, right? And, and yet we put on this radio program. Uh, we also run an intense discipleship program for youth. Uh, we run an eight-week uh, summer day camp experience. And then we also have a highly competitive track team that competes in um that year we'll be competing in South Dakota and Sacramento, California. And um, we've always produced uh, all Americans for the last, oh my, seven, eight years uh, going down there and, and competing at the national meet and uh, making a little reputation for ourselves. But our team is the Eagles Wings. So we should run and not go weary based on Isaiah. And our kids know that. And they know we're a Christian team. And we compete to honor Christ. You don't have to be a Christian to be on a team, but you're going to live like one. <laughs> and that's what we tell the kids. And we have a good time. We have a fun time. I have over 100 kids out there doing that. Our day camp program, we can take up to 70. Uh, and we already started, you know, accepting applications for that. If you got a kid in North Minneapolis or can get over there and you want us to uh, work with your young person, hey, we'll be glad to have them Monday through Friday, 930 to 430. Uh, Friday's field trip day, bring in um, someone from the community to talk about their career, talk about what they do, and then we go out on the field trip. And uh, so we have a great, great program. Uh, you can go to eagleswingstrack.com to look at our track program, or you can go to 3 Deep Leadership. That's number 3, deepleadership.com, to look at our, our program. We'll be having a banquet 
on May 31st to uh, raise money for the summer. Uh, we do employ college students and, and uh, high school students, and they go through a leadership development thing. And uh, all of our students and even our executive director have come through the program. So we have raised up indigenous leadership. Uh, so the director, uh, assistant director, they both were kids in the program. We've been doing this for 15 years. And um, it's, it's been it's been it's been a great, it's been a joy, it's been a blessing to see it happen. Especially when you see kids come back from college and come back to work, and they come back and work with you, and because they want to pour into the lives of kids, and it's, so we make it like family. So that bank was May thirty first. That's a Friday, six thirty to eight thirty. I mean, we say eight thirty, we mean eight thirty. Um, you know, and it's going to be held at uh, Urban Refuge Church uh, on fifty fourth in Chicago. They'll be there. We'll be holding the banquet there. If you want information, you can go to 3dleadership.com website or you can call 612-251-5717. That's 612-251-5717. Still looking for table sponsors, uh, looking for people to come in and fill a table, just bring people to the banquet that appreciate urban ministries, appreciate leadership development, and uh, you know, and we'll just see what God does. Amen. I want to wrap up today uh, talking about spiritual warfare. You know, we talked about mind, body, and soul, uh, the three areas of life. And a lot of times when we're experiencing conflict, uh, we want to, sometimes we want to blame everything on Satan. We want to blame everything on spiritual warfare, everything on a demon, something like that. A lot of times things are just as a result of our fleshly realm, our fleshly desires. You know, James says you only sin by your own evil lust and desire. And that's what draws you into certain things. If you have a taste for certain things and you like certain things, and then you look at it and see that, and you go like, wow, man, I have a taste of that. I haven't had that in a long time. You go there, you can't say, oh, man, some spirit enticed me to, to go uh, eat that or drink that particular thing. You know what I mean? you got to be understanding that, 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 that Satan's warfare is in your mind, which is in the soulless realm. You know, now, you know his goal is to corrupt your spirit. You know, I mean, that's what his goal is. But the warfare is in your mind. He's coming with your imaginations, your conscience, your thoughts, your affections, your emotions. You know, that's how he's coming at you. He's coming at you in your mind. To get to your mind, he has to go through your five senses, right? So, therefore, there are certain things about sin that appeal to the five senses because it makes you embrace it. And once you embrace it, you know what I mean? If you look at it as three concentric circles, once he can penetrate that area, then he can get to the soulish area or the, you know, what the mind, the will, emotion, things like that. He can get to that area. And then if he can dominate that area, he can get to the, the smaller inner circle, which is your spirit. Right. And so we all we all know that a lot of times when we're facing oppression and Satan is coming in with thoughts and things like that in different between oppression and possession is possession. You don't have a choice. They tell you what to do. You do it. You know, oppression is they're trying to get you to do it. And so most of what we experience is oppression. Right. And, and oppression. And, and we got to understand how to discern, how to discern. not get caught up in wanting to give a, a altar call and, and hold a deliverance session every little sin that somebody gets into. You know what I mean? That's that what it's about. You got to discern and understand what it, where is it coming from? Where is the attack? Focus that, you know, and what's going to happen in there. And so as we embark upon spiritual warfare ourselves, you know, when we're trying to go out there and, and, and intercede for people to pray for people, um, you know, you're trying to pray something to come to pass. You know, you're like Daniel, uh, and he was praying, and he was praying for the 70-year the promise to be fulfilled. He started praying and interceding and, and, and repenting for his people and going through that. He encountered some spiritual warfare. 
You know, even in the midst of it, it, it the fact that it took him 21 days to get an answer. And we get an insight into that in the book of Daniel when when Daniel, when when the angel comes to Daniel and says, you know, God dispatched your answer the first day, Daniel. But I've been warned with the prince of Persia, which lets us know that there was a, a, a prince or a principality over Persia spiritually that was trying to control what went in and what went out. And when when Gabriel came to give an answer to Daniel, or the angel came to give an answer to Daniel, he tried to stop that answer. But Daniel was persistent in his praying and fasting, and then Michael was sent to fight with the prince so Gabriel can deliver the message. And he said, I got to go now because I know I'm going to face conflict even getting back to where I need to be. So when we, when we look at that example, is that sometimes when we're praying for people and we're doing things, uh, we have to be persistent. You know, we have to be persistent in what we do. And we pray until until God gives us a release. And you say, well, how do I know God gives me a release? You know what I mean? You know, and that's just an area that you're going to have to uh, experiment with because God, God gives revelations in different ways to different people. But the main thing you want to understand is when you feel a peace. When you feel a peace and you feel you no longer have to pray or labor in prayer for a particular thing, you can take that as a as a sign that, that you've been released from that particular that particular thing and, and that particular prayer request or, or whatever you were praying for. You know, but you know, this Daniel never felt a release, so he prayed for twenty one days and fasted twenty one days. You know, I mean, I don't know if you as long as I ever fasted was seventeen days. And I, after the like the seventh day, I didn't know what was left, right, food. <laughs> A belch tasted good, you know what I mean? When, when I, <laughs> man, oh man, when my, when my pastor said it was over, I was like, yeah. First thing I went and grabbed me, don't do this. But I'm a popcorn junkie. I went and made me some popcorn. I figured that's light. That popcorn tore the inside of my mouth up because my mouth was so tender because I hadn't eaten anything in 17 days. I'm going to drink water. It was a water only. You know what I mean? All that I had was water. I had ice. I had shavings. I had, but it was water. <laughs> and uh, you, you go through that. But, you know, when you, you battling and you praying, and I think one of the things that, that is wrong with the body of Christ today is that we don't engage in spiritual warfare. We don't pray. We don't grab things. You know, and people look at us and we say, oh, you know, I'm going to pray about that. Or somebody says, so-and-so need prayer. And we say, I'm going to pray about it. And then we forget. We don't forget on purpose, right? Right. Because when I say we, that means me, too. You know, Pastor, will you pray for this? Yeah, I'm going to pray for that. And see you the next week. Like, dang. Let me hear him pray real quick. <laughs> uh, because that's his job to steal, to kill, destroy. He distracts us and gets us off of that point. And, and it's not that we don't mean to pray for people. It's just that we forget we get caught up in our everyday day to day things. And some of those things are holy or, or we think they're holy and we forget to pray. You know, to pray for our fellow man, to pray, to pray without ceasing, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And uh, we, we forget that. You know, so I make it my point now when I get an email, when I get a text, I stop and I do it right then and there. Because I know if I don't do it right then and there, I'm going to go find some other thing to do and I'm going to miss out. And this person is really expecting somebody to pray. And so I pray right then and there. I close my eyes. I don't care where I'm at. It's I'm driving, you know. <laughs> And uh, then I just pray out loud, my eyes open. But I make sure I pray and I make sure everything is, is, is in order cause, because that's the most important thing that we can do uh, for ourselves and especially for our pastors when you're going through certain things. You know, I know a lot of things in my life. You know, people say, well, Pastor, I know you're going through. I don't want to bother you with certain things. I say, 
No, I'm not going through. You know what I mean? As long as people pray for me, then I know I have the backup. You know, I have the, the individual stubbornness to survive myself. But, you know, I've learned that my individual stubbornness just gets me in trouble. I, they, you know, you need that spiritual backup that comes from when you know people are praying for you, when you know they're lifting you up, that confidence you have, that cockiness you get, knowing that you can step in in any situation, any spiritual situation, and you can hold your own because you got people behind you. You got a veil of intercession wrapped around you, and you know what you can do and what you can accomplish. And even if you, I don't see it in my lifetime, I know it's going to come to pass because, you know, it's God's word says so, and we got the prayer support to see that thing happen. So when, you, when you're looking at that, you're looking at, 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 at prayer, individualistic prayer, praying for someone. You know, you set off, you don't even know the fireworks you set off when you just sit down and just pray, the fireworks you set off. And, and sometimes when we do that, we do have a time of prayer. We, we realize, you know, later on that certain things start happening in our life. We feel, man, you know, the enemy comes. He comes with lots of distractions. He comes with putting you off your square, different things like that. And I, I find myself that when I'm ministering to somebody on a particular thing, that I find myself having to deal with that particular thing sometime later on in that week. And I, I remember asking my, my pastor about that question, and uh, and then he, he gave me the advice that Ed Cole gave. He said, he said when you shake the gates of hell, expect them to shake you back. And and I, I was like, he said, well, he said, Joe, you're a fighter. If somebody hit you, did you hit him back? I said, yeah, I'm going to hit him back. He said, well, that's what happened. In prayer, when you pray for someone and you're praying for someone to have freedom in a certain area, you know, you you hit them, you hit that enemy, you hit that that, that spirit, it's going to hit you back. You know, it's going to try to come back at you. And, and you got to be ready to handle that, to understand that it's nothing personal. It's just a war. That's why it's called spiritual war. Fair. It's a war. You know what I mean? And you got to be ready for the war because it's real out here. So as, as we as we progress on there, a couple of questions I know that they had at my church concerning spiritual warfare is that, you know, how much do you need to know? And I had to explain them. You don't really need to know anything. All you need to do is be obedient to the scriptures and uh, and pray. Pray those things that God said to pray for. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he send more harvests into the field. Uh, you don't have to have a, a deep theological background to pray for, for more workers for the harvest and things like that. I said, so that, I mean, those are some of the things that when we look at praying that we can pray for if we don't have anybody. To me, I got a big family, you know, nine kids, little grandkids. I can be praying all day for them. But I make sure I pray for all my people in my church, you know, all my relatives. You know, I call their name out. I, I call it out. You know, I make sure I call everybody's name out. And, uh, you know, that takes time. That takes time. That that takes a lot of time. And so, therefore, when you're looking at, at, at praying, you got to set aside some time to really pray. If you don't set that time aside, you'll find other things come creeping into that time, and they'll creep into there, and you'll find yourself doing good things, but, you know, your prayer time will become compromised, right? So spiritual warfare, right? Just looking at it, you know, Satan will try to attack you in your body. He'll try to attack you in your mind. And if he can, he'll try to come against your spirit. 
if he can. If he can. Depends on where you are with the Lord. If he can. You know what I mean? But we're going to take a break. We got to the break. We're going to come back and wrap this subject up. Uh, love being with you guys. Take a little time. Bounce, bounce, bounce. Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community. Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. Chances are you've had a good deal of um, practice battling conflict in your marriage. But are your reactions to those situations healthy and biblical? Whether you're recently engaged or celebrating your 50th wedding anniversary, you'll pick up helpful tools and scriptural guidance at The Power of Healthy Conflict on Friday, May 17th. Tickets are just $25 per couple. Find details and reserve your seats today at am980themission.com slash marriage. Hey, welcome back to Isaiah 61. This is Pastor Joe Sutton. Um, just also want to give a, a a brief little shout out into there are certain things that we that we battle uh, that the church has been battling for a while, and one of those is the subject of abortion. Uh, I met with a friend of mine today, uh, Chris Rush, and and the things he's trying to do to bring more awareness to what's happening in that area, you know, of, of abortion and what we as a church can do and what we as believers can do, not just the church, but as believers can do to, to try to turn, turn this tide. Uh, and the main thing we can do is pray. Main thing is put that on your prayer list and pray heaven down. And God will, you know, repeal these laws. Uh, we know what happened in New York with, now you can, even after the baby is born, you can decide whether you want to kill it or not. Um, you know, it just, just, just stirs up a lot of emotion. And uh, it's a very emotional topic, you know, that, that we look at and, and that, that we're praying for. And, you know, and the other one is is our marriages. You know, our KKMS is giving a, 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 having a marriage uh, a seminar, enhancement, how to deal with conflict. You know, and I, if I, man, as a pastor, if I don't, if I don't have to deal with anything else, I got to deal with folks with their conflict, you know, going at it, you know, getting mad at one another, um, arguing, not being on the same page. Um, you know, and I think you should take advantage of that. Um, you know, they're, they're going to have a, uh, it's Greg and Aaron Smalley, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be on 517. Uh, you can you just check KKMS website for more details. Uh, but I think, you know, one of the things that me and my wife have always done is, uh, you know, and one thing she'll say, we don't pray together. You know, we don't pray together. We're on like two opposite time zones. I'm up to one, two in the morning and she's in bed by 10. And I pray usually at night and my wife gets up in the morning and she prays in the morning. So we both pray, you know what I mean? But the thing, the conflict is, and it all started with having children. Our first four years of marriage, we prayed together all the time. Then it was like, well, you take the late shift. I'll take the early shift. <laughs> And man, and we've been trying to break that rhythm in, in our life. But we pray though. 
You know what I mean? We do pray. You know what I mean? And we don't pray together long, but we do pray together, you know, but not, it's not a consistent thing that what we need to be. And that's what we're going to work on is praying together, getting back to praying together on a consistent basis, not just like once a week or something like that. And, uh, but you know, but we can pray and dealing with spiritual warfare with the attack on our families that's happening in our marriages. It's causing our kids to bear this pain. You know, me being a child of divorce, I understand that pain. And I made a vow that my kids would never experience that pain. And, uh, you know, what I found out was that my grandmother would pray for me before I was born. Ten years before I was born, she prayed for me. She prayed for the children of my mother. She, she prayed for her grandchildren yet to be born. And and that's spiritual warfare. She better nestling over me, you know, to where now is that, you know, here I am not only following God, but in the ministry getting others to follow God. And as a result of people who pray for me, I can think of those nuns and priests who, who prayed over us, man. And we were bad kids running around here and, you know, in Chicago. And they just would stay with us and love on us, you know, and beat us with that ruler too, but they still loved on us. And, um, you know, and then here's, I'm the result of that prayer. So when you talk about engaging in spiritual warfare, the enemy is already out there engaging in warfare. We have to come in and engage, you know, and we have to pray hedges of protection around not just our family, but other families. And when we see a family in conflict, praying for God to give us a way in, praying for God to bring some healing, praying for God to keep those kids safe, that they don't come out of with, I never want to get married or, you know, whatever like that. It comes out of a bad relationship as such. Or even be like me saying my kids have never experienced this because, and I had some warped views at the time. It wasn't biblical of how to help my kids avoid experiencing that. And, um, and so, we, we, when we say spiritual warfare, it's prayer. Now, you pray the word. That's the weapon. The only weapon that's going to work is the word. Jesus used the word. When Satan came at him, body, soul, and spirit, he used the word. Now, you know, the word can be launched through testimony. It can be launched through praise. It can be launched through preaching. And it can be launched through, quote, praying and, and just quote. Yeah, but you want to send a word out there. You want to find that, that, that verse that God gives you about a person. Pray that verse and uh, and let the word do its thing. You know, sometimes you might walk into a situation where you may just have to bust out in a song. And you may have to bust out in a song and you bring the word into the situation through song. You know, we see that in David's life that he used song to bring deliverance. He used music to bring deliverance to Saul. Yeah, you know I mean, but his music was anointed and, and, and it, it changed the atmosphere. You know what I mean, that's what spiritual warfare does. It changes the atmosphere. But we got to be careful. And I say this again, like it says in Ephesians, after having done all, stand. After having done all, stand. Stand, therefore. Then it goes into the armor. Sometimes when we've done all, we feel that now we can go relax, watch a football game, uh, go outside, shoot some basketball, you know, go shopping, go to the mall, talk, go phone gossip. Because we didn't done all. No, it says after having done all, stand. Meaning you got to stand in a readiness position because he's coming back. He's coming back. He's going to attack again. He's going to come at you again. He's not going to just just let you knock him down and he's going to lay there and whimper and cry. No, he's coming back. So you need to be ready. And you need to be ready by being girded in the, with your helmet of salvation. Your breastplate of righteousness, your shield of faith, 
your loins girded with, girded with truth, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That's how you go into spiritual warfare. And that's how you stay. Because he's coming back. Yeah, you know I mean, so if you can't if you can't walk in God's righteousness, if you can't if you can't operate in faith, you don't believe you're saved. You can't you can't operate in truth. Yeah, you know I mean, you definitely don't know how to prepare the gospel. Then you need to work on those things before you talk about engaging in spiritual warfare. Because that's the outfit you want to have. And even with the outfit on, you have to stand and stand still because the backside is always open. But you're ready because you know where he's coming and you want to get your position and you be ready for him to come back at you. Man, I, I really hope and pray that you pray. Uh, I pray for us um, that the kids that come to camp this summer, that join the track team this summer, will be exposed to the person, the works, and the teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, you can pray that whatever's hindering them from encountering God will be gone. Pray for our staff, that they will always be open and listen to the Holy Spirit and not allow their emotions and flesh to get in the way. And last but not least, pray that we can pay for this thing. You know, so engage with me in warfare. Let's pray this thing through. In Jesus' name, God bless you. This is Joe Sutton with Isaiah 61, and I will see you guys live next Saturday. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.